This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. All right, guys, it's time to start our most anticipated episode of the year. We're going to be discussing... Cows? Uh, MST3... Wow. What is this? MST... This is what happens when you let me do the intro. Uh, you're going to tell me out here, Joel. What is this? <laughs> MST3K. MST3K. Yes. It's weird that we, it's every other, like every third one we let him do the intro for. I know. <laughs> even it's though, like we're rotating or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> even though I beg you not to make me. <laughs> That's what makes it great. And uh, we always regret it. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Bacon's Everyone. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And Jacob. As always, we'd like to thank for your thank you for your participation uh, with the last show. It was a documentary show. We got a lot of good suggestions for documentaries that I hadn't heard of or hadn't seen. And I did. Honestly, and end up adding a couple to my Netflix queue. Oh, I was going to say you. I thought you you were going to say you'd watched one already, which is going to no, be no, no, cool, no. But no. you're going to though. What are you going to watch? I uh, would have to go back and look at my queue. There was but, a couple. But he of, didn't really look. <laughs> no, no, I did. Like, oh, no, I did. Yeah, there, was, yeah, yeah. I, there was a couple that I did add. I can go pull it up right now if you want. To. There were a lot of sports ones. And so I think you just kind of glazed over I like, them. Yeah, the 30 I like for 30 you were thing like, thrown around a lot. Didn't you say something, or Kent, where you're like, yeah, that one has the word football in it. So <laughs> <laughs> we're good. You're going to watch The Nightmare. You, Joel? I don't the remember. Nightmare it was one be. of them, and that's on Netflix. Yeah, The Nightmare looked creepy. What was the one with the tickle party, too? The tickle... Yeah. That's actually, that was, that's actually one of my favorites. That was bizarre. Tickle party. Yeah, exactly. Wait, that was about you? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> tickle oh, party. Is mon- that real? Is that Monster a real thing? Monster Camp. I added in Monster Camp. I added in uh, the... Uh, my kid could paint that. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. also Spellbound I did put up to the top there, but yeah, a couple of those I added in there. Yeah, so thanks for all your feedback on that and the advanced feedback for this show. Yeah, no, we really, we'd love it when the listener is able to, you know, participate with us. Speaking of the listener. Indeed. Ken, you want to talk about this? Yeah, so we had a strange submission. It was actually to Jake, not to Joel or I, but he thankfully shared it with us. But it was, I felt like it was only a tease. Basically, we saw this spreadsheet from, is it a, a guy named the listener? Yeah, he opened a new Twitter handle and named himself the listener. Yes. Uh, because Sam currently has that title. As I, we all yeah, know. he's he's trying to compete with Sam, I guess. Wow. Way, but, Watch out, but, Sam. Listen, I mean, the, yeah, Sam's got the, the quiz title. No one can take that away from him. But I mean, other people can still claim to be the and, listener. And seeing this spreadsheet, I'm going to explain why the listener has some credibility because it has every single one of our episodes listed out, like one through 102 at this point. Yes. With the title, with the runtime, with each of Joel's band's names yes. that are mentioned. Each which, time we say hashtag Kent cares, which is not my mantra, but it's still a pretty, you know, it's still pretty good. <laughs> still fight against that, why don't and you? And then there's like the best takeaway from the show. And the Jacob Twist, he counts there, those There's as Jacob well. Twist. They, it's kind of like all this random stuff that we kind of have, cr- these inside jokes we have created. They went through and tiered each one of the episodes, which I thought was awesome. I, I thought it was great. He was ranking our episodes. And yeah. so, like, yeah, this one's a tier three. I got to look at this. <laughs> like, wow, that's, I that's saw funny. this at work for, you know, like 15 minutes. I'm like, that is hilarious. I'm going to get back to this. I'm going to print this off. I love this so much. I read through it with my wife. We went through and laughed about it. And we're looking at it and enjoying it. And she was like, wow, this is when you did this. I'm like, yeah, I did. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> why, why did you say that was a band name? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it actually made me feel glad that you still do the band names. Because, yeah. I mean, I keep in track. So we wanted to give a shout out. But then when we pulled up the yeah, doc. What, ha- what happened next, Ken? You sent us the link and you said, guys, I think you should check this out. We pulled up and it, it was a shared spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. We looked at it. It's blacked out with a smiley face and said, you didn't think I'd leave it up there, did you? Like something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going. You're only getting a glimpse. Only a glimpse. And I'm like, 
that's not cool. Yeah, I think it was. I hope you enjoyed this. The tease, like yeah, yeah. the preview, or which something. which I'm like, no, no, no. Let us have it. Let us export it. Let us let us put it out there. We like we put it on Facebook or we make a Wikipedia page. Like, yeah, I honestly, immediately kicked back and I was like, you know, we've been meaning to do a Wikipedia page. This is great groundwork for that. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I love reading about myself, and so that was like candy for me. <laughs> no, but that table was so cool, and I was really enjoying it. And it cracked me up reading some things, and being like, "Oh yeah, I do remember that." And other things, I'm like, "Yeah, I don't remember saying that." You but I actually take had some really good band names in there. I, was I like, did. Yeah. There was you actually did <laughs> some well, of them. Uh, relatable you Matt Damon. Them? Yeah, that was a good. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish I had the list right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but no. So, uh, and then the listener has not disclosed their identity to us. No, nope. they said that it'd be fun to you know not tell us who they were. But they are at the listener ninety because apparently there were eighty nine other the listeners. On well, Twitter, we have but, apparently many the listener <laughs> apparently, but uh, yeah, <laughs> so eighty nine before on him. Twitter. That's yeah, what they yeah. are, and uh, whoever you are, thank you because that was that was a treat. Yeah, it, it made my day. It was really really fun, and we're kind of sad it's not there because we wanted we may have done a whole bacon bit on it or something like that. Well, he, I mean, he has disclosed that it's for some plans. There's some intention there that uh, he's he's working on another project that might be even bigger, and he needs some of that data. And so, you well, know, it, it's funny because whenever people go through this or listen to our shows again, if I have a new friend I introduce the show to, and they they're like, I'm starting with episode one, and I'm going to catch up, and I go, Oh, I'm so sorry. Hmm. You have to listen through so much just maybe garbage. You know, even though I love this show, and then I'm like, yeah, I feel bad for you until I go back and listen to our old shows. They're entertaining. And, oh, look, I, I feel like we're just patting ourselves on the back at this point. <laughs> but I love to go back randomly and listen to old shows and be like, that's when that started. For example, in preparation for the show we're about to do, I listened to our Why Doctor Who show, episode 25 yes. from season one, which many of our, our biggest fans haven't even listened to. Yes, even though they say they're Doctor fans. Who. Right, exactly. But they fold their arms and say, no, it's about something I don't uh, understand, so and I will not listen. It's funny. I got I bore my testimony so strongly of that show. You did. That that's where the hashtag was created by you. Hashtag Kent Cares. And no, no, I, no. I didn't create that hashtag. No, no. Kent Cares came on the Millennial Show, wasn't no, it? No, it was, it was episode 25. It's never going to catch on, so I wouldn't create no, that. No, it's funny because you're like, hey, Kent Cares. And I go, yeah, hashtag Kent Cares. And then you said, that'll never catch on. Like, you ju- you created it, and then you said, <laughs> then you totally just tried to avoid it. I didn't make it. it a hashtag. Oh, I did. And it's now a thing. That's why it's not going to catch on. Number two mantra. T-Bone. <laughs> T-Bone. <laughs> go, go. Oh, wow. We're going Seinfeld references. Yes, we are. And it's fun to go back and listen to that. And that actually kind of dovetails nicely into the discussion today because while you bore your testimony of Dr. Who. I promised myself I wouldn't, but yes. And, and, the, and then <laughs> I, I did call it the worst, our, probably our worst hated show, but it was very well listened. Yeah. And no, despite, despite a, all yeah. the people that said, I'm not going to listen, I know of at least literally probably about six people that started watching Dr. Who because of that episode. I've had at least a dozen people say, thank you. I never wanted to watch it, but I listened to you guys, and now I'm watching it, and I'm, they've seen every season. Yeah, which is going to start up again, finally. Right. So we're going to get to see more of it. And uh, and we can't wait for another Doctor Who show, <laughs> we which did, is not today. No, it's not today. We did tease one, though. In Let's the, move to uh, the only to the thing that's even geekier than Doctor Who. <laughs> is it, though? Yeah. yeah. I don't think it is, because <laughs> no, I think it it's is. more accessible. Because here's the thing. Kent Bohr's testimony of Doctor Who, I'm here today to just pitch... Mystery Science Theater 3000 to anyone who hasn't seen it. Or if you did see it a long time ago and didn't understand it, try it again. And here's the layout of us, though. Yes. I, I have, I've seen one episode. Do you know which one it was? No idea. <laughs> I, and I only watched it recently. Okay. Well, you you forgot about, about it. it already? I, don't, I never even... Do you I don't remember know. any plot points? You can tell by the movie they watched. Yes. I mean, that is yeah, what, yeah, how it I mean, yeah, it was a horror movie, and the guy <laughs> is, yeah, obviously, right? And uh, no, it's this guy and wife and a little girl, and they go to their... Manos, sort of, Hands of Fate. Manos, yeah, that's it. 
You yes. watch Manos? Yeah. Okay. That's, I'm going to let you know right now, that's basically like jumping into the Old Testament or like, <laughs> that's like, that, that's deep, deep mystery science Dude, theater. Dude, you know this well because I did not get very far into that description. No, it, it's, it's very, that, that's, a, that's one that like you kind of culminates, you build to that one when they, when they have already some sort of immunity to the show because that is <laughs> by far one of the worst movies ever made. No, here's my, here's my trouble with it though, and maybe you can address this just right off while I'm thinking of it, is it was an hour and a half long. Yes, all the all the episodes are. That's, They're all ninety minutes long. That's so long. It, but it's a movie. That's what it, you can't you can't think of it as like a TV show. You have to think of it like a. movie. But he doesn't watch the whole movie because I watched something about like some Chev- Chevrolet. Movie. Yeah, the hired short before. Yeah, it. yeah. But here's the thing: is a lot of these movies had very short runtimes, and so they would add a short into the movie before it, so they can make so they the fill minutes. the full ninety minutes of their required time. Ninety minutes is long. And I'm letting you know right now: I have some DVDs that are just shorts, like it's just the shorts, and mm. they are hilarious. But we'll get into this. So, so Jake, you've seen very little, meaning yes. one episode and you forgot about it. Yes. I watched, actually, I haven't really watched it in probably 15 years other than the fact that it's now on Netflix. Yes. Which, about 20 episodes are on Netflix. Yeah. Which is great. I hope they do more. And, and actually, they're, they're having a revival. Yes. Basically, that, immediately. Which that's one of the, by the time you listen to this, the new uh, MST3K, The Return. And I want to get into that for the, when we talk about the history of the show. Yes. It, it, but it will have aired. So you may have already seen it. But I used to watch this show when I'd basically be trying to flirt with girls and then Wait, I, I thought you used documentaries. Yeah, to yeah. Date no, this girls. was back when I was eighteen. Oh, okay. Documentaries was when I was twenty-three. Got so, it. Which worked better? Um, yeah, documentaries <laughs> actually. <laughs> no, because eighteen was not very successful for me. <laughs> but no, my buddies would have VHS tapes of these just recorded, and so we'd watch Pod People. We'd watch Mitchell. Yep. I basically I've probably seen eight, but I've seen each of them multiple times. And from the just the two that you mentioned, those are some of the highlight reels. Yes. In fact, when I said, oh, I've seen this one and this one, this kind of trying to prove my credibility, you said, yeah, those are, of course, that's the greatest hits. Like, no, no. I, that, that, you, you kind of mocked me That's how you would bit. say it. That's, <laughs> no, that's you, a, got, you got on your high horse. No. I'd be like, oh, show. that's great. No, that's wonderful. I love that you're watching it. That's you what I'd say. You did not. You'd be like, oh, everyone's seen Mitchell and Pud people. No, you said that to me. I think you just heard that in your own head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. So I'm assuming most people are going to be like me here and have not seen a lot, or maybe somewhere more like between me and Ken. Well, when I when I did, because we did put a poll up on Facebook and Twitter. So if you aren't following Ooh, us on social media, it. please, not a poll, it was a survey, but follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. We do post questions and we'd like to get your feedback and sometimes so we'll read it on Before the we get there, are you saying, how, like how many episodes have you seen of? Well, that's just it. Like I, there are 197 episodes in a movie, which if you think about it, hour and a half each. And Okay. I'm trying not to turn on the fire hose of information here because I have so much information. No, we'll, we'll slow you down because yes. we know you'll get passionate. But we'll just say 197 episodes. And I went through I went through each season and marked which ones I remember specifically seeing. Because there's a couple, like Jacob, that I watched and forgot. Like, I don't really remember. Have I seen that one? Mm-hmm. Have I, you know, I didn't really get to dig in deep enough Manos, to find out. Manos, the hands of fate. Manos, hands of fate. Out of the 197 episodes, I've seen around 75, 76. That's really good. Except it's less than half. Like I, I actually felt way lower than I expected. I felt ashamed. Like I know I have friends who own the entire series. Like they've downloaded everything basically, and they can watch it all. Like even the lost episodes. Like there's a whole lost season basically. Like most of season one, right? Well, season zero. Is that where they're on an um, island instead of on a spaceship? No. Oh, an island. Yeah, they were lost. Oh no, no. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe you weren't there with yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a time when they're, they're down in deep 13, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> As we said at the Doctor Who show, no new doctrine. Pull it back. We're in the weeds. So, no, but, but still, I went and did the math, and I said, even at 75 episodes plus the movie, 
That's about 6,750 minutes or 112.5 hours or 4.7 days of my life if I only watch those once. But I'm letting you know right now, I've watched this multiple times. And these certain episodes multiple times. And I will say for a long time, and I might even say it now, this is my number one TV show. How many times have you seen Manos? Hands of Fate. Uh, I've seen Manos dozens. Dozens of times? Maybe a a dozen. I'll say a dozen. Okay, so like I said, The Ambient Giants is my favorite band of all time. It's because I own all their albums, and because I've listened to them so many times, I know all their songs. Mr. Science Theater is the same type of thing. Like a lot of TV series I've watched once and maybe twice all the way through. Where, and not that I've watched this all the way through, but like these are long episodes, and I've watched them a lot of times with a lot of people on a lot of occasions. Right. So I'm always up for Mr. Science Theater. If someone says they want to watch it, I'm like, yes, I'm down. But we need, watch I think we this. need to pull it back a little okay. bit more. After, after we're done so, recording, you want to watch? Because Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll watch any of them. And you. we're going to have recommendations in the show. Joel's going to try to give his five reasons why people should watch the show. But let's start off with what our audience thinks about this show. Yes, because yeah, all we said on Facebook and Twitter was just like, hey, how would you pitch Mr. Sen- Are you a fan of Mr. Sen- Theater? How would you pitch it? And if you did, if you haven't seen it, what would you like to know? An old fox on Twitter, that's what the he or she calls herself, himself, says, it's like you and your friends making fun of a bad movie together, but this is actually funny, unlike you and your friends. I saw that Hashtag MS2K explained. Yeah. And I went, that's so true, because you go into a movie theater and people are making fun of it, and you're like, shut up. But when an actual, like, trained comedian has scripted out funny stuff to do with it, it's funny. Right. Uh, so Chad on Facebook said, I haven't seen it. Isn't it just for people? Isn't it just people heckling crappy movies? Doesn't really sound that appealing to watch for me. Which was funny, because then his friends... Basically had this whole conversation of, no, Chad, you've seen this. And he's like, no, I haven't. And they're like, yes, remember it was at this place with this person. He's like, no, I don't remember this. So it was very memorable for him. Like Manos. And it, uh, hands of fate. And if you don't know, like, honestly, if you haven't heard of Mr. Sensitive before, that's kind of, in a nutshell, if you want to boil it down, that's what it is, is these people are watching bad movies and making fun of them. Right. But they are professional comedians doing it. And it is hilarious. And then uh, Crew Dutler from Twitter said, "I might be interested in I might be interested in the movies if they were watching actually good movies." And I remember thinking, "Well, that would kind of defeat the purpose because yeah. yes, there are some more popular movies that that would be fun to make fun of." But it's, well, it's fun to make fun of good movies too. It is, but at the same time, bad movies because you're you're in on the joke. Like it's always kind of hard to hear someone make fun of a movie that you like. So when it's a movie no one likes, it's just so much more fun. Right. For example, Patrick said, I will vouch for Mystery Science Theater 90% of the time. They're great. Uh, 90% of the time, they're great 78%. But honestly, <laughs> they make the unbearable enjoyable, which is what you're saying. You don't want to yes. see a great movie that you like be roasted. You want to see something that you would never waste your time on actually be a good experience. Yes. And I, I really like the way Spencer Michael Myers put it too when he said, remember when your girlfriend made you watch Twilight with her? It's your inner commentary to that, vocalized. <laughs> so it's basically like, I better get some action out of this. Well, and I, I, I'll get into a little bit more, but watching Twilight... Tell us about your experiences watching that. <laughs> I'll get into it a little later, but watching Twilight with the Mr. Science Theater guys was amazing. Okay. So we'll, we'll get into that. Um, just a couple more. Uh, Brian Thatcher said, I love Mr. Science Theater and, and I'm excited it's on Netflix. I tell people it's three three guys making fun of crappy movies. I think their best stuff is when they make fun of shorter instructional videos. So there you go. So there's shorts right there. Hmm. I, I really think that it's... We got a lot of you know good stuff there too, but a lot of people also were kind of negative, as in the sense of like, uh, doesn't really sound like my thing, right? Which is why I'm here today. I'm yeah. here today to help yeah. you understand why you should at least give it a chance. What's the opening? Any more of these at all? Uh, if you want to, I'm real quick. Uh, Blake oh. said last time I watched it, 
What? It was Mystery Science Theater 2000? I think that's just selective memory on his yeah, part. Yeah, Blake, that's actually wrong. When I did watch it, I thought it was funny. I was 13, though. I'm a little scared to watch it now. I don't want to ruin my good memories. And then Kendall says, Mystery Science Theater is like watching the Bacon Cell guys watching a Marvel or recent Star Wars movie. A lot of snark and occasionally funny. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you for your listener feedback. It gives us a good kind of starting point of where we need to go. Although we know there's going to be people listening to this that have, haven't been on our social media pages and don't know this is coming. So surprise, we're talking Mystery Science Theater. So what's, I, your, what's your opening pitch? Well, I do want to say initially, I remember I, I've heard of Mystery Science Theater and I thought, is that like, you know, Masterpiece Theater? Like I really thought it was like this kind of mystery, murder mystery kind of a thing and I didn't really know what it was. And That's right, right? What? No, no. <laughs> but uh, then <laughs> when I actually wrong. stumbled across it, I was like, what is this thing? And it became, it's, it's exactly what my sense of humor is because I'll let you know right now in Mystery Science Theater, there is no one genre of comedy. Like they do political comedy, they do satire they do like musical jokes they do you know movie references yeah it's just amazing to me the the variety of jokes they throw in and there are a lot of jokes and you get to see some of these amazingly bad movies that are just so fun to watch and just it's a great show so you say it's your sense of humor yes i view this as a show that can only be funny if you watch it after 1 (laughs) a.m like it really feels like the kind of show where you have to be a little bit tired my experience yeah because that's generally when i watch it it would be late at night and where anything is funny and so when they say anything it is hilarious yes i laughed out loud several times like while i was watching wait did you watch it by yourself i did i did you and you still laughed like crazy well, not like crazy, but I laughed several you times. You LOL'd. So, I mean, that's... I did. I LOL'd. Yes. All well, over and, that movie. And I will say flat out, this this is a show that it, it's better when you're in a group, definitely, because um, then you're all laughing together. But it's also, it may be a little more funny late at night and like a lot of our viewing parties are late at night. But I used to watch these on Saturday mornings. Like this used to be my thing. It was Saturday morning on Sci-Fi Channel. They would play these and I would watch them and laugh uproariously. Okay. Me and my brothers would. What is Mystery Science Theater? So Mystery Science Theater, I think the best way to explain what Mystery, Th- Mystery Science Theater is, oh, is... I want to hear the explanation for this title. I'm excited. Is to... Well, I can get to that, but I'll explain the premise of the show first. Okay. So, but I'm going to do it with a little song, gentlemen. Are you going to sing I'm it? not going to sing oh, Dang it. I was so no. excited. What a letdown. They've created a wonderful theme song that will explain the entire show, and I broke it up into eight easily digestible pieces. Can you please can, sing can, it? Next time he wants to pitch something, tell him the song is required. Right, like like yep. you watching Moulin Rouge or something. Let's go with the first song here. In the not too distant future, Sunday I heard this one. Yeah, so that, that, this is the beginning of everyone. So yeah. in the not too distant future, meaning this is a reality that's not too far from our own. Yes, it's set in a little bit in the future, next Sunday AD, as they kind of jokingly say. But this is something that we can relate to. It's not too far detached from who we are and what we is do that here. music of the future? Because that's pretty It's terrible. music of 1989, I think. <laughs> It, yeah. Okay. Here's the. In, let, let's go to the next part of the theme song. Now I know why you like it. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Yes, there is a guy named Joel, and he is the creator. Joel uh, Hodgson is the creator. He actually calls himself Joel Robinson on the show. So sometimes I get it confused. But he was a prop comedian who did a bunch of comedy shows like that, stuff like that. And they actually pitched a show to him to star in a, a sitcom with Michael J. Fox. But he didn't really like the pilot. And so he decided, he didn't like like the script and basically said, I don't want to do that. I just kind of want to do my own thing. And so he went back. He was in L.A. and kind of got disillusioned with Hollywood and everything and decided the whole studio system wasn't really for him. So he went back to Minnesota 
to do the show. He's like, success? Never. Yes. <laughs> Give me my own low-budget cable show. But he is the everyman. Like they say, not too different from you or me. He is the everyman. He is the one that you get to relate to because he's just this guy who's working. Well, we'll get to that here in part three. He's dead? No. So he's just this worker, and then these bosses at Gizmonics Institute shoot him into space. Like oh, that's shoot kind him of, in the space. I thought they, I thought they said <laughs> shoot him in the face. <laughs> you, you would go there, Jake. So they shot him in the face. <laughs> no, they shot him into space. And that's where the crux of this story comes. <laughs> he did such a good job. They shot him in the face. Well, because originally when he, was, when he was pitching the show, he was just like, we're just going to make fun of movies. But they decided to have some sort of structure around it. So that's why they kind of made this story, and this is where it gets into the meat of what this what this show's about. If you're a real fan, you'd be singing this. I am singing it in my head. I don't know if you noticed, but and this, I, I sing all the different versions too. That's the crux of the story: is that this evil scientist has sent this, you know. Temp, basically. Actually, Mike's the temp, but sends him into space. The everyman into space. The everyman into space, and he's showing him bad movies in order to basically melt his mind and control his mind because he wants to, you know, rule the world. So that's what they do. They're showing him all these bad movies in order to melt his brain, make him go crazy, and then see if they can do that with the entire world. Like, it's an experiment. But the problem is, he uh, finds a way around that. He had some special parts to make robot friends? Yes. So it says that, that part's a little confusing. People they say he can't control where the movie begins or ends because initially, especially, they would start and stop the movie in different places and they still do, would kind of, you know, edit it down for time and stuff like that. So they kind of explained it away. It's like, uh, yeah, don't be confused by that because he used those parts to make his robot friends. You use parts from the ship. Like a lady friend? No. <laughs> no. He made uh, two wisecracking mm-hmm. friends, which we'll talk about the different robots in here for a sec, but that's why the robots are there. He created them to keep him company, and it also helps him so he doesn't go crazy. Let's go to part six. But that's the robot roll call, and I'll just give you the brief version. So you have Cambot, who's the one filming the entire show. That's so we never even see him. You see him. He, they hold up mirrors sometimes so you can see him, mm. and you know, but you're basically there. And then Gypsy, she controls the ship. And that's Kent? No, that's Emily. Oh. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when, I, when I split these out, personalities. Uh, but she's, she's uh, kind of the matronly one. She keeps things running and tries to keep the guys in order, but she's a little goofy. But. And then uh, Tom Emily, Servo. Emily's going to love that. I compared Tom Servo to Jacob. Right, I totally agree. <laughs> in that he's the pseudo-intellectual of the group. Oh, really? And, and his his form of comedy is a little more condescending to, he, to his <laughs> You other wouldn't people. understand. <laughs> uh, and then you got Crow, which would be Kent. Crow's the best. And the he's, absolute best. He's the, si- he's the wisecracker, You're talking sarcastic. About Kent's nose? No. Whoa. Whoa. I didn't know. Yeah. Jeez, Servo. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to stay uh, in character. But yeah, he's the, he's the wisecracker. And so he's kind of the... the cynical know. one of the group. Yeah, he's, he's pretty cynical. And then I love uh, how serious you're taking this. I just I want to introduce it. Like these are the characters that okay, everyone's okay. with. It is. So here we go. Part seven. Okay. 
and that is one of my favorite parts of the of the intro. When they go, ah, la, la. Well, I love that too. But I like how they say, like, if you're, if you're wondering how all this stuff works, how he eats and breathes and all that, just, remi- just remind yourself, it's just a show. Just relax. <laughs> no big deal. Go so with they, it. they know it's meta. Yes. And that's what they're making fun of themselves, essentially, in this. And then finally. All right, now you got to tell us how in the world they came up with that name. Well, the thing about Mystery <laughs> <laughs> And was there any time left during the show to actually air a movie? Because I felt like that took an hour and a half. Well, no, that's the thing. Is I that, know, we it, just it broke like, it down. I broke it down because I wanted... It I was wanted long. To, when I watched it, I was like, man, this, this intro is really, really long. <laughs> Even when I watched it, I remember that. Like, get to the bad movie. Well, the thing is, it really... It, and Jacob, there's not a huge story behind it. Like, there's different inspirations and things like that. But the gist of it is he just kind of wanted to create this random title. And then he added 3,000 on it because everyone at the time... Was adding two thousand, like my super soaker was two thousand. Yeah, to, to sound futuristic and all that. So he said, "We're going to go three thousand, just to set it apart from everyone else." Mystery science theater. I'm just trying to like combine those words like in a way that relates to what was happening. And then. it's really just his sense of humor at that point. Mystery science. But theater. I will also say that's what an MST mystery science theater, and then three K for three thousand. So we just call it MST three K or MST or mystery science theater or you know all that. It's we abbreviate it, but okay. it's a mouthful. Would you call yourself a Misty? I would call myself a Misty. That's the fandom, Jake. I assumed yeah, as much. MST, capital M-S-T-I-E-S. Also why he cries all the time. <laughs> I'm feeling Misty. Play Misty for me. But yes, I am a Misty. I am one of those people that I love Mystery Science Theater. And, and, I, and whenever I meet someone else who likes the show, I know we're going to get along. Like a lot of my friends growing up, well, after I kind of discovered the show, we'd have these parties. We would all watch them, watch them together. And then when I encounter someone else, I'm like, you got to come watch this with us. And then in college, I'd, I'd encounter people who were like, Yes, let's have a Mystery Science Theater viewing party. And they're just good. The fans are good people. They're not crazy people. Also, Misty's are known for circulating the tapes because back in the day, they wanted to get more publicity. So at the end of every episode, it would say, keep circulating the tapes, meaning keep recording them and passing them around and stuff like that. And a lot of people still stick to that mentality today, which is why a lot of it is available online in various places because people are still passing around, still want it to... You know, I actually read that the show's lawyers, when they actually got lawyers, like made enough money to actually get <laughs> some representation. They said, we don't support piracy. Just saying, we don't support piracy, even though that is what helped the show gain cult status. Yes. Because, I mean, it started on this, uh, oh, K- KTMA. KTMA, thank you. This, this little station in, in Minnesota, which actually went bankrupt. But they had this show on it for a while. And then comedy, the comedy channel at the time said, hey... We want to take this and put it on our, on our station. And then they kind of became Comedy Central from that. And Mystery Science Theater was the flagship of the Comedy, Comedy Central. Central. Isn't wow. that weird? That is yeah. totally weird. Like First, Comedy Central, which now as we know it, Daily Show, everything like that. Yeah. Which once those came in, Mystery Science Theater kind of became the oddball out. And also their scheduling was a little weird because they're a two-hour show. And it didn't quite fit the format. Right. And so about six seasons in... They ended up, well, actually, it was seven seasons. They cut their seven seasons short, and it got canceled on Comedy Central. But then the fans, once again, going back to the Misties, the fans wrote in letters and wrote it to a bunch of different stations, and Sci-Fi Channel actually ended picking it up and carrying it for the last three seasons. Wow. And so the fans did save it. And they so tried we've to, got 10 years of the show somewhere. Yeah. Well, we, 11, counting season zero. 11. Yeah. Does that season mean zero? Netflix That's is funny. eventually going to show maybe 10 seasons? Oh, my gosh. We didn't even talk about that yet. Well, the problem, the problem is, is whenever you show someone else's movies, there are rights involved. Right. And they have had so many issues with rights coming and going. And, like, you know, some are too expensive. And some directors really don't like that they were made fun of. 
And so Mystery Science Theater kind of got, I don't know, it, it's hard to get the DVDs released and hard to get it out on Netflix. I would think they could like just that. do anything since they're commentating on it. Except for the fact that they're using it almost in its entirety. Because fair use laws also apply to the how much of the content you use. Mm-hmm. And they're using almost the entire film. So, Joel, I, I got to say I was a little confused while watching this 15 years ago. Because <laughs> I saw episodes with this Joel guy. Yes. Right? And and by the way, fun fact about Joel. When he when they first started the show. Which Joel on, are you talking about right now? The uh, funny one on okay. the show. Right on. And, oh. uh, <laughs> so he apparently hadn't slept for days getting ready for the show, creating the set. Like I said, real low budget. And they wanted it that way. They wanted it to look hokey. Yes, and it was. And but it the was. first show, he was so tired when they filmed that like his eyes were half closed. <laughs> like He seemed like he was a little bit stoned. stoned, basically. And so they did the show that way, and then they said, you know, we actually have to keep with that character. You have to act like you're half asleep every single episode. And so Joel kind of, he's just like a, not a doofus, but he's like, hey... Here I am on the spaceship again, and, you know, let's go be funny. Yeah. I mean, he has he has moments of, you know, hyperactivity, but it's funny, too, because so Joel left season five. And yeah, so then, that's what I'm confused about. Yeah. Because then you watch some episodes, and there's this clean-cut guy, and he's all excited about the movies, and I'm like, <laughs> you're not Joel. Who are you? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and Mike comes along because, okay, Mike Nelson was the writer on the show. Joel had some differences with the producer, Jim Jim Mallon. Um about where they wanted to do with the show. Jim wanted to do a movie. Joel wasn't too on board with that. They ended up having a splitting. And so then Joel left the show and he, he did his own thing. Is that what's going to happen with us when we want to do a movie? Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> the bacon sale, the movie. Then Mike comes in and he carried the show, like from season six on, like about midway through five on. And Mike did a great job. And it's funny too, because I know Jacob, you're a Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. And so there's the Kirk versus Picard, Picard Wars. Which side are you on? Kirk or Picard? Picard. Okay, but you know people who are Kirk? Oh, for sure. I'm yes. Picard as well. Yeah. So You're not a Trekkie enough. It's oh, like that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the, Joel, the Joel fans versus the Mike fans are like that, but a lot more friendly. Oh, yeah? Like, they really... They like, hug a lot it, when they're answering. Well, I just mean, it's, it's a kind of a fake war. Like, people are like, oh, I'm a Joel person, I'm a Mike person. But inside, they're going, you're a Misty, aren't you? We're friends. Well, I mean, like, like the group's small enough. Like, they can't really divide against each other. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> the house will fall. Really small right? turf war. <laughs> But no, I mean, this show got a lot of publicity. Like, like it got a Grammy, Grammy, not Grammy, Emmy nominations and things like that. It got Peabody Awards. Like, a lot of comedians have cited this as one of their favorite shows. And in fact, when the re- uh, the reboot comes on, the remake comes on. I actually, I was just thinking, like you brought that up a second ago, and I wanted to open with that and totally forgot about it. That's the reason that we're discussing it right now yeah. is go ahead and give us the, the spiel. Well, so Years after, Joel was actually trying to get the show back on, but there was so many different... He didn't own, like, Best Brains Incorporated is what owns Mystery Science Theater, and he once he left that, he kind of gave up his rights. So he was trying to get those back, and once he did, he decided he wanted to do a Kickstarter, and he didn't want to just go through a traditional studio approach because he wanted to make sure, uh, first of all, that he had creative control, and secondly, that the fans really wanted it. And so he put a Kickstarter out there and said, hey, you know, we, we want $2 million, $2 million to do three episodes. And he Jeez, said, he's pricey. Well, and he, which by the way, uh, Comedy Central. Should paid we them, do that for our movie? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, Comedy Central paid them thirty five thousand dollars each episode they did back in the day. Yeah, and now they're just, well raking it in, I guess. Well, not raking it because it does take a lot of production to do these episodes mm. uh, with all the people involved. They actually break it down as he he broke it down as to why he needed that much. It was like this for this, this for this. Like he was being very transparent about it all. It reached funding within a week. Of its launch. It reached 2 million within a week? Within a week. And then, and then wow. So it, it started, I can't remember when it started. I don't have that written down here. Huh. 2015. Well, I mean, uh, 2015, but then it ended on December 11th, 
with a total funding of five million seven hundred and sixty four thousand two hundred and twenty nine from forty eight over forty eight thousand backers, and so Good it actually it, it it is it became the largest Kickstarter for film and video, which just barely beat out the Veronica Mars film. So the fans did; they wanted it back, and then. Once they said, okay, we're going to make 14 episodes, and it's, I think it includes a Christmas special and things like that, and it's all going to be on Netflix, and we're going to get Patton Oswalt to be in it, and we're going to get uh, Felicia Day to be in it. and like That's fun. And they're actually redoing the entire cast. Doesn't that cast. seem a bit forced at this point? A little. I, okay, so. The you new, mean the guest stars or just rebooting it? Well, they Okay. In every episode, I don't know if you remember this, Jake, but you know, like let's say the evil scientist, Dr. and he'd have, a, he'd have an assistant, Dr. Frank. Frank, yeah, and they would like mock Joel and the crew as they're watching these bad movies. Yeah, I remember something like that, but I don't understand. What and they like on. every twenty minutes, they'd kind of jump out and they'd talk to him. They'd be like, "We're really sorry about these, you know, terrible movies, but you still have to watch them." Ha 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 ha. That's ha. Manos. Right, yeah, that definitely in, in happened. Manos, in Manos, they actually apologize for the movie because it's that bad. Yeah, and so yeah. they're, they're these zany characters who are basically out of like a Saturday morning cartoon, but now they're getting high-profile nerds like Patton Oswalt or Felicia Day and the the new host of the show. They're just the getting new, adorable people. The human, they're getting Jonah, Jonah Ray from Nerdist Podcast with, with Chris yes. Hardwick. And I'm like, it just seems too forced. Like, give me unrecognizable people and everyone will be fine with this. Except for the fact that, I mean... It's just like, hey, guys, it's a cool nerd table here. <laughs> But they're all fans. Like, this isn't like they pick someone from the crowd like, hey, they're a very popular actor. It's not like Felicia Day, as popular as she is, is mainstream, as it were. Sure. And so this really is, they pick people who are fans of the show. And they, I mean, just imagine, guys, I just want you to imagine this with me. Even you listener at home is matched as well. But just imagine a group of friends like us mm -hmm. making a TV show together, doing all the writing, doing all the roles, and having a great time doing it. That was Mystery Science Theater. It was this group of friends just having a good time. But and don't I, you think that people are a little upset that Joel or Mike are not coming back to just be in the spaceship again? That's what the I'm satellite wondering. of love. Like, where's Joel? Why, why wouldn't so Joel, Joel come back? Spoiler alert. Uh, Joel escaped. Uh, he, <laughs> Whoa, take it easy. I, he, come on. I ain't got there yet. No, but that's, I, I was going to say, you can watch that. And you don't, and that's the other thing I want to point out. You don't have to watch these episodes in order. In fact, they don't have a cohesive uh, like story arc. until You could even run. start with Manos, Hands of Fate. I wouldn't do that. Um, I'll talk about which ones to start with. Manos, build up to that. Build an immunity first, but uh, immunity <laughs> to like, you know, comedy that hits maybe 30% yeah. of the time. So you have Joel and he's on the ship. And then when he makes his exit, he actually finds an escape pod. And it's just one of those random things. You're like, oh yeah, I moved this box and there's an escape pod. Mm -hmm. So I'll get into that and I'll go out. And then the Dr. Forrester and Frank decide they need a new test case. So they grab a temp named Mike, hit him on the head, shoot him into space. And it starts all over again. And that's basically the story. It wasn't until I got on the Sci-Fi Channel that the Sci-Fi Channel put a bunch of rules and regulations on them where they said, no, you have to have a story arc. You have to, you know, they have to always be sci-fi movies and you have to pick from this certain pool. And so it became a lot more controlled. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons Ew. people say, well, except for the fact that some of my favorite seasons are the later ones. Okay. And so are you a Mike or Joel guy? I'm probably more of a Mike guy. Wow. Um, How dare you? I know. I'm Desert a Joel. Your namesake? My namesake. I'm a Joel man. Well, can I just tell you? I'm a of, Joel man, too. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate I'm it. I'm a Joel man. Dun -dun 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 -dun. Just to tell you kind of how I stumbled across this, because I did. I was funeral sitting a house, because they were at a funeral. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Excuse me? So when people go to funerals, they post it in the paper when the funeral is going to be. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people... Well, not a lot of people, but wor people worry about if they post their address, post what time they're going to be gone, 
their house will get robbed. So you weren't an accomplice to a murder or anything. Was this no. like a business you had? No. Yeah, it was a funeral sitter over here. No, it was someone in the neighborhood <laughs> said, hey, can Beware, you, can you? your house will get robbed. <laughs> Call Joel. <laughs> He'll protect you. But it, so the pizza in the fridge, guys. Someone in the neighborhood just said, hey, can you watch Can you watch our house during the funeral? And I was like, sure. And so I went over to their house and I was just watching TV and flipping through channels. And I remember they, they had cable, which was awesome. And it was <laughs> no, like middle of the day. I didn't grow up with cable either. Yeah. So. So then I, I flipped through it, and all of a sudden I see this guy. I remember it was a guy in the bright green trench coat with bright green glasses, and he was he was spanking himself with a film reel. And I went, what is this? It was Dr. Forrester, and it was the MST3K, the movie. And I was like, what is this? And I started watching it, and I'm like, what are these guys doing on the screen? Because if you haven't seen it, there's the movie playing on the screen, and then there's the silhouette along the bottom of the three characters watching the movie and making fun of it. And... I was actually really kind of entertained by it, but I didn't know what it was. And it wasn't a little while later till a friend said, hey, do you want to watch Mr. Science Theater? And I'm like, what's that? And he said, oh, it's just where they watch bad movies. And I'm like, oh, I know what that is. And so Pod People became my first true introduction to awesome. Mr. Science Theater as I knew it. Cool. And I was hooked. Like we, we had so many viewing parties and we'd, we'd rent them all the time. And I bought a lot of the VHSs. I'd record them off a of TV. I had a big collection. Now... Are you, do you laugh at every single one, or are there some that just fall flat? No, you? there are definite ones that fall flat. In because fact, this is where I kind of question the fans, because I watch a lot. Maybe it's not with a, a group of people. Right. And by watching a lot, I mean maybe one or two of the eight I've seen, I am go, that was terrible. Maybe I'm just not in on the joke, or maybe I have to be of a certain age to really enjoy this. Right. Because they throw a lot of stuff at the wall. And then one thing I learned in my research is that this is not improvised. No, initially it was like when they were on right. when they were on season zero, it was improvised riffing. But it seems so improvised because not a lot of it is funny. Well, and what they do yeah. is like when they when Maybe they structure the a show. I mean, first of all, they ha- they wa- someone has to watch the movie and find one that's bad and then think has potential. By the way, uh, apparently it's one in twenty. They watch twenty movies to find one that actually works for the show. Really? So imagine how many terrible movies they had to watch for research. Yeah, shouldn't it be really easy to make fun of a movie? You think, but I mean, I guess it's a big scrutiny process. Well, and I'll let you go from personal uh, personal point of view. Uh, Quickwits actually did a live Mystery Science Theater of a movie at a sci-fi convention in Salt Lake a while back. Like, mm. I don't know, six years ago or something like that? Okay. And we, we watched the movie a number of times on, like in Bob's house. And then we went to the theater and we had kind of a little script going. And it was, it was actually really rough. And because we didn't know what was going to land and what wouldn't. And we also had to keep time with what was going on in the script versus what was going on the screen. And it was kind of confusing. So my hat's off to him. It's, it's not an easy job. Okay. Well, digitally, though. But well, they no, said there was uh, sorry, Joel, but there was one where they, they picked a movie like the only movie where they didn't finish it to choose it for the show. And they watched like 10, 15 minutes. And they're like, this is the one. This movie hackers. is. Oh, that's the one. It's so bad. But there was actually a really terrible scene that it was actually really rated R that they didn't know. Yes. So as they're screening it and watching it for the show, they just cut that part out of the sh- out of the actual yes. episode itself and then kind of made fun of themselves for having yes. to cut it out. Hmm. And, and and for the record, like this is, I mean, it's PG most of the time. Like there's occasional time. I, in fact, I don't know if it would go into PG-13 unless the movie itself. I think the movie. It possibly, because they do some other movies, but they will edit them because it was TV and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But and and I read something that says six writers had to had to deliver a ninety minute episode every week with six hundred to eight hundred riffs or jokes Jeez. per movie. So basically, they would compi- they would do all all these jokes and they would cut it down to what they think was essential or what was funny. But they didn't have an audience, so basically, they would just say all these jokes. And you make a good point that point Kent that some of the jokes don't land. Mm-hmm. But for me, but I know there's someone out there like they had the. 
They had a joke on uh, Puma Man, which is one of my favorite ones. Puma Man. I love Puma Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's such a bad movie. What, you love Puma Men or I just want to. I just want to tell this movie. So it's about this guy who gets this belt that has the power of the Aztec Puma. <laughs> and so then he's able to fly. And hold on, hold on. Does the Aztec Puma know how to fly? No. <laughs> he can see in the dark, which cats can see oh, in the sure, dark. That makes sense. Um, he can also play dead, apparently. And he has super When does strength. that ever help you? <laughs> uh, it's so bad. And then his theme song. Oh, man, his theme song is so bad. It's like, ding, 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 ding. It's terrible. But, that, but there's a joke in there where they, oh, God, I'm going to even forget. They do some folk uh, joke about a folk singer. And they, it's an extended joke about this folk singer, Roger... Witterson or Roger, I don't remember his name, but to me it was like, oh, that's you know kind of funny or whatever. But I know there's someone out there who thinks it's hilarious because they hit on all different genres. Hmm. So you know, I may not get the jokes about folk music, but then they make a reference to some movie that I've seen and I can't even think of right now. There's so many lines going through my head, and I love it. Points. I do have a couple of fun facts. Um, oh. Joel, you said you Ooh, be- fun facts. You began with the movie, right? Yeah, that was the first one I saw. Yeah, I think I saw Pod People and then the movie. And I was, I'm actually a big fan of the movie. But according to all the creators, like that were against the movie, like Joel left the show because of it. Yes, because in other reasons, obviously. a lot of creative dif- creative differences going on between him and the producer. But they actually kind of see the movie as as a failure. And then, because, well, financially it was a failure, even though it was a limited release. It was an extremely so limited release. After the sh- after the movie, the show kept going, and they actually make fun of the movie in the show where Crow was like, hey, I think we should make a movie about what we do here. Like, I think it would be incredible. And they're like, that's the worst idea that anyone's ever come up with. Like, it is quite meta. Yeah. And so I kind of wonder, like, do people generally, I, like, I like the movie, but do people generally enjoy the movie, or is that a little too mainstream for the cult audience? I think I think the audience, I think that the movie is very accessible, and I think a lot of people do like it, but I will say that if anyone says they like all the Mystery Science Theater episodes, they're lying. Okay. Because everyone knows there's ones that just don't land. Like, you get one, like, they did a German Hamlet, and it wasn't great. Like, it is, it's Hamlet, and so right. it's hard to riff, first of all, and then it's just this dull movie and it isn't fun to watch. And me personally, I like it when they do the newer movies. Like they get up into some 90s movies like Hobgoblins, which are pretty darn entertaining. And Werewolf, which is my favorite of all time. I started watching Werewolf last night. I love Werewolf. It, it was awesome. Yeah. And so, but there are there are slower ones. And there's ones that people really like. Like a lot of people like I Accuse My Parents, I'm Not a Fan. Or Red Zone Cuba, I'm Not a Fan. Or Wild World, Wild World of Batwoman, also not a fan. That sounds kind of cool. It it's, does. It's kind of dull. But, oh, okay. Well, and... and I'm, I'm, I really should have said this at the very beginning, but so they watch the bad movie, but they also have skits in between and the skits to me, I'm not as big of a fan of like, to me, that's kind of when I'll like nowadays, when like when I check my phone or something like that, or, you know, go to t- go to the bathroom or something like that. Right. Like it's, it's kind of a break, but at the same time, it's smart of them because you do need a break. Cause if you're watching this movie and they're making jokes, it gets tiring. And so these kind of pauses from the movie actually allow you a chance to rejuvenate well in the single episode i saw i noticed that as well i was like why are they stopping that's really annoying like just keep going and then after that happened two or three times i was like oh this is actually pretty smart because i mean it gets old like i mean not old but i mean the but none of the skits are all that good well, there's you think some, it's purposeful? Like this is your commercial break? It, you no, know, it's just a mental change because it's long. 90 minutes is long. It is a long time because it's a movie. But I will say that, yeah, go if you're not a fan of the skits, that's fine because they, they are a little more hokey. There are some that I do enjoy, uh, some that I, you know, there's running gags whenever they, like when pod people, 
when they start mocking the part when the band's recording in the studio, it's really funny to watch. But then they get other ones where it's just kind of them do like they, they do an invention exchange at the beginning uh, when they first start doing Mr. Science Theater, which is because Joel was a prop comic. So they would go to the the Mads, the bad guys, and just say, hey, here's what we invented. It's a machine where you can put two comics in and then it will merge them together. Hey, that's the that's what I saw. That that's was Manos. from Manos. Yeah. yeah. And so they would yeah. do that. And then when Mike did it a couple times, but then it just wasn't his thing. And so they got rid of it. So, yes, there's hit and miss in the sketches and that's fine. There's hit and misses in the episode and that's fine. But if you go out there and see what people are saying of the best episodes, go ahead and watch any of those. In fact, I, I read an article, a friend of mine, Jeff Gustafson, posted an article where they ranked every single Mr. Science Theater. Oh, my gosh. Was and it I, pretty valid? I, well, I went through one by one, and I went, okay. And I, I, like I said, I haven't seen them all. But I went through and listed which ones I thought should be higher, which ones I shot, thought should be lower. And then, you know, but basically the top 20, pretty solid. So see what people are saying. And also the ones that we recommend, too. All right. So, so for homework. Okay. So some of the episodes I think you should start with. First of all, I will say pod people. And I'll, I'll give the... With Trumpy? Trumpy! I love that you know that. <laughs> um, this was one of the first ones I watched, like I said, that I knew was Mr. Science Theater. But I'm going to read the synopsis here. A child adopts a large egg which hatches into a mischievous alien while a group of pop musicians on a wilderness vacation runs into trouble. <laughs> what? All right, that was this pretty was, entertaining. And this <laughs> was, it's trying to capitalize off of E.T. and stuff like that. But, I mean, there's a scene, for example, where this the alien kind of corners this girl and she falls off a cliff. And the people... No. The, Is that Mac and me? No, that's in a wheelchair. <laughs> in a wheelchair. But so then like the other, the other people that are with her, they hear the scream so they go find her and they pick her up and start moving her. And so that's when the Mr. Science Theater guys are like, quick, move her spine around. Because it's obviously a bad medical procedure at that point. Wait, but, wait, they're moving her trying to like help her? Yeah, like they find her lying down, they pick her up and start moving her around and they're just like making fun of that. Oh my so, God. Like, like I thought you were saying like transporting her, but you're saying... No, they pick her up and move her like, like by her <laughs> arms and legs. And it's just stuff like that. Like you really, you watch these movies and, and it makes you think that you're an amazing filmmaker because you're watching it going, well, I could do something better than that. But, well, in fact, they were all always sent submissions from amateur filmmakers saying, hey... Do, uh, make fun of my movie. Yes. And they're like, ah, no, it's your movie's not really credible. We have to take <laughs> something that's really, truly terrible. Yes. On purpose. Well, and some of the directors, like I said, uh, really enjoyed it. And they thought, well, some of the filmmakers, I said, not just directors, they enjoyed the being riffed on. It was like a badge of honor. It was like when Weird Al Yankovic would do a parody right, song. Right. It's like, and some of these movies would have never seen the light of day had it not been for Mr. Science Theater. And a lot of the filmmakers credit that. They're like, look, my film went nowhere until Mr. Science Theater touched it. And now I'm doing conventions. <laughs> because of Mr. Science Theater. It's funny that they actually never did Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is often seen as the worst movie ever made yes. by Ed Wood, because they said it's just too cliche. They're yeah. like, yeah, we'd make fun of it. It's just too easy. Yeah. So the other one, uh, other one talk about Mitchell. It's one of the, one of the, <gasps> Mitchell, one of the best ones, Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell. And, and I think part of the comedy is recurring jokes. Yes. Which that's the only advantage to watching them in circle. order is, for example, there's an episode called Ega, which the movie itself is okay. But there's a part where these two people are walking out into a field and all of a sudden a voice, which is not in the movie and not from the bots, just says, mm -hmm. watch out for snakes. And like the... Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. And so like, and the bots are like, where did that come from? So then from then on throughout the series, every now and then you just watch someone go, watch out for snakes. Like they would just throw that in as a joke. <laughs> like so, I've heard that joke reference. I didn't know it was from. Yeah. Mr. Night Theater. That's funny. Now you know. Uh, but you Mitchell, watch every episode now. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's from Ega. With the with Joel the, hasn't even seen them all. <laughs> no, although I, it was like six thousand hours. Yeah, 
just for the ones I've seen. That's for the ones I've seen. That's what he said. That was minutes. That was minutes. Yeah, it was 4.5 days or something like that. Was it 525,600 minutes? No, how do you measure that, Kent? So Mitchell, Joe Don Baker, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's... You'd recognize him if you saw him. He's been in like James Bond movies and stuff like that. Like he's a recognizable face. And they tried to make him a star, but here's the synopsis. A sleazy, incompetent detective tries to simultaneously take down heroin dealers and a socialite who murdered a burglar. But it's this drunk cop and they're trying to make him into a hero. And they're trying to make Dirty Harry. Yes. With no budget. Yes. And it's bad. And this is one of the ones where uh, the rumor is that Joe Don Baker was not a fan of them making fun of him and said, if you ever met any of the Mystery Science Theater guys, he'd punch him in the face. <laughs> I believe it. Jeez. We also have uh, from season eight, uh, parts colon the Clonus Horror, which why am I I've, bringing this I've one I've never up? seen this one. Ken, did you see the 2005 The Island? Yeah. They got sued by the makers of parts the Clonus Horror because what? it's basically the exact same plot of this utopian society that turns out they're just clones of celebrities and they're being used to be harvested for parts. So it's wow. And they actually had a case it's, even though no one knew or cared about this movie, except for mystery science theater. And it's because of mystery science theater that Michael Bay was a fan. It. That's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, when I saw the, when I saw the trailer for the Island, I went, that looks a lot like parts, the clonus horror. <laughs> I really did. It yeah, me a, too. That's, that's just what I thought. I still haven't me, seen me the too. Island that's, in protest. I'm boycotting. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of Michael Bay's better movies, actually. Like, it really is. <laughs> and apparently, it's not his movie. Yeah. Oh, it makes sense now. That's back when I was attracted to Scarlett Johansson. Is she in that? Yeah. Hmm. She's pretty young. That sounds weird. <laughs> that does sound weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. stop it. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> um, so then we have Face Mutiny. I haven't seen that one either. Space Mutiny How old is... was Scarlett Johansson in that one? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's really interesting. But, oh my gosh. <laughs> but Space Mutiny is probably most famous. Uh, well, here's the plot. A space pilot helps the commander of a spaceship fight mutiny led by the treacherous security chief. Dun, dun, dun. But this one's probably most famous because they, they give it a nickname to the main guy who's basically this bulk of muscle who can't act. But they give him a nickname ben and Diesel? then they start... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Imagine Vin Diesel running around and then they start giving him nicknames and it just, they give him like a list of them, like such as the passive, uh, beat punch beef, big McLarge, huge blast, hard cheese, blast, thick neck, Boyd, big flank. Those sound like your band names. (laughs) A lot of band names. (laughs) And, uh, Bob Johnson, Bob Johnson. That's actually not funny. That's not it. But I just love that one because that's one of the later ones. And I think it's, it's just hilarious. And then I'll give you, oh, two more. Puma man. I've already talked about. A man learns he was born with special powers and becomes the superhero Puma Man, or Puma Man, as Donald Pleasance called him. Puma? Puma Man. <laughs> Puma Man. And every time, I hate that. That every time <laughs> he says Puma Man, they're like, Puma Man. I feel like there's a really inappropriate joke there. I just don't there know what it is. is. Yeah. Well, and then at one point, Donald Pleasance says, because he keeps saying Puma Man the whole movie, and they keep correcting him. And at one point, he says, you're only human, and they say, human. Human. And then uh, <laughs> uh, you just had to say it again. Human. Kind of re- <laughs> Time chases is great, and and, hey, and final sacrifice is great. But we're are we human or are we dancer? That's the real question. <laughs> but uh, werewolf is possibly my favorite mystery science theater, and it's just real simple. After digging up strange bones, a man becomes a werewolf. But it is one of the worst werewolf movies I've ever seen in my life, and I just get a kick out of it. So if I go watch another one, I should recent. watch werewolf. Werewolf would be werewolf's a great one to start out with. It's very accessible mm-hmm. and it's very mockable. Are you going to put this list? Are we going to post this list somewhere? So I can post it anywhere you want. Listener, can, yes. <laughs> all right. Let me Dick show it you. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan, as you know. 
if you look online at Best Mr. Science Theater's episodes, you're going to see a lot of these same ones reoccurring over and over again. And in fact, they do. A, they used to do a Turkey Day marathon every time they were when they were on Comedy Central, where every Thanksgiving they would show like 30 hours of Mystery Science Theater. Oh, that's too much. But it, it's just so people could check. They wouldn't watch the whole thing, but you, like you check in after watching, you know, after eating, and then instead of watching football on TV, you watch Mystery Science Theater. I'd probably do that. And uh, he's back in. They just recently, <laughs> like in the last two years, just started doing it again. Well, they'll do it online. They do it online streaming, Mr. Science Theater Turkey Marathon. Hmm. And they usually will count down the best episodes. And a lot of these are in that rotation. So I know we've already talked about the reboot and everything, but it seems like that's almost unnecessary except to get them back on TV because don't, haven't they moved on like all the writers to riff tracks? Isn't that their thing now? Well, the thing is, some of them went to riff tracks. So to clarify, they were they were on Mr. Science Theater, and then when <laughs> actually uh, J. Elvis Weinstein, who was on the show, he was the original uh, Dr. Earnhardt, who was with who was with uh, Dr. Forrester. He left after they started scripting. He wasn't a big fan of the scripting. He liked the improv. And he wanted to do his own thing. So he actually went to America's Funniest Home Videos and became a writer on that show. Oh. That show is so funny. It I mean, is there's funny. a reason that's been going twenty. Eight years? Uh, ten times as long as Gallivant. Um, <laughs> but, <Stop. yeah. laughs> but, and then, actually, Trace Blue, who played Dr. Forrester, after he left, uh, after, you know, mid-season seven, he ended up writing for them as well. So it's weird when I watch America's Funniest Home Videos to see their names in the credits, because it's just fun. It's just fun because they went yeah. on to do comedy writing. But then you get people like Mike and uh, Mike Nelson and Bill Corbett and Kevin Murphy, who's Servo and Crow. Well, one of the Servos and one of the Crows. Okay. Because they did switch voices. Like, actually, Dr. Forrester is the voice of Crow until he left, and then Bill Corbett took over. I'm so confused right now. I don't even yeah. know. The, yeah. the bad guy was doing the voice of one of the robots. That was in Portuguese. The real question is, here is, do you prefer Servo or Crow? I'm a Crow guy myself. Yeah! Thanks like, a I, lot. I Thanks have, a lot. You, Team Kent. You prefer the guy <laughs> with the lacrosse mitt on his head. Yeah, it is a lacrosse He's mitt. He's really funny. It? Like, I don't know. Is it, is it a lacrosse mitt? It might be. It's, I have actually what they're made from here. But. A gumball machine for Tom Servo. Yeah, it's basically a little gumball machine. Crow is a gold-colored puppet composed of, among other things, a soap dish eye cowl, ping-pong ball eyes, a split plastic bowl and pin mouth, and a lacrosse face mask webbing. There you go. That, that, really? That was the description? That's what it said. Uh, and apparently that. they made doubles, so whenever they did the, the film, you know, when they were sitting in the seats, they had to spray paint the characters black, or at least they had separate characters. Yes. So you couldn't see through like the gumball machine, and so it actually, so it would look like a silhouette. Yeah, because there was just like car, it was like cardboard cutouts or foam cutouts, basically for the seat backing, and they did have a white screen in front of them, and then they would have a monitor down below so they could watch what was going on. So they could sometimes they interact with the characters on the screen, like they'll stand up and try and push someone over or oh, censor yeah. someone or something like that. But yes, because Mike and uh, Bill and Kevin all did riff tracks, which riff tracks is basically the same thing. You download an audio track to watch with the movie. So you play like them. Twilight Breaking Dawn, for example. I watched all the Twilight movies with riff tracks, and they were hilarious. Oh, I bet. It's Wait, the only way to watch them. More funny <clears throat> than the old Mystery Science Theater? Because On par. you are very familiar with these movies? Maybe or? we should explain riff tracks for those that are uninitiated. Yeah, it's, it's an audio track that you download and play on an MP3 player while you're watching the movie. So they basically sync it up and say, okay, press play on the movie, but press play on the track when this part comes on the movie, and then you watch the track with the movie. And it is just making fun of it, just like Mystery Science Theater. But then, like, Joel and Mary Jo Pell and Trace Ballou, they all went uh, to do Cinematic Titanic, which is basically the same thing as Mystery Science Theater. They have the silhouette. They watch a bad movie. And they're watching the older movies, too, whereas Rift Tracks was doing a lot of the newer movies. Mm -hmm. But both of them are successful. And there's not a lot of animosity between the two. They're just doing their own thing. And so, you know, 
it's 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 okay to to be on cinematic Titanic side or be on Rift Track side, but but have they all come together now for the reboot, or is that no. just mostly Joel and his crew? It's mostly Joel and his crew. Uh, I believe I believe that uh, yeah, they said that uh, Kevin uh, was coming back and and Bill was coming back, and they were going to get some of the people back. But Mike said kind of, eh, that's not my thing. Uh, you know, uh, he he said basically, I haven't made any money from that since 1999. Like, I've, I've which never, is when it ended. Yes, when it ended. Uh, and actually, yeah, like the last episode aired August of 1999 and I was on my mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I had my little brother record it so I could watch it when I got home. So I got to see the ending of how it all wrapped up, which was actually... Did it actually wrap up? It did in a way that I loved. And I'm going to spoil it because it's not a huge spoiler. Go for it. Yeah. But so long story short, they've been stuck up in the satellite of love for the entire... <laughs> that's what they call it. Well, almost every episode they'll start off with Welcome After to the Satellite the of Love. After the read song. And then... Uh, They'll, they've been up in space this whole time forced to watch bad movies and they go through a wormhole and they get cut loose and they're flying through space. But in the end, they're in the satellite of love they're, well, they're, well, they've been the satellite of the whole time in the end, Pearl, who's Dr. Forrester's mom ends up cutting the tether and they end up crashing on earth. They, the ending is them like, Oh, I'm so glad we are free. We're finally home. We're finally doing you know, what we want to do. And they all go sit down on a couch and watch a movie together. And it's actually, I think, The Crawling Eye. It's one of the first ones they did. Oh, that's cool. And so it kind of comes to this full fun. circle thing. And it's like it's like, kind of like this. Oh, that was a fun little ending. But the new I, I season. I was actually worried that they'd get there and the Statue of Liberty be, would be there. <laughs> but it'd be like the the weird uh, homeless guy from Manos. Oh, Torgo? Torgo. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone is Torgo on Earth. Oh, man. That was, See, was sorry, gonna, that's deep doctor. I thought it was going to be Planet of the Apes or something. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. You would yeah, become that. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then, and that's the thing is, I'm interested to see when the, the return started, as of, as when this airs, when this mm-hmm. podcast airs, it started on April 14th, and it's going to be on Netflix exclusively with 14 new, epi- 14 new 90-minute episodes, and they're just dropping them all at the same time. So I will be binge-watching them. Okay. But uh, Mr. Science Theater, seriously, it's just, it's just okay. so much fun. All right, listen. We, we're all nerds. We, we understand cult fandoms. I think our listener does as well. But like anyone who doesn't care about watching bad movies, about wasting their time, you know, movies that are so bad they're good, there's sometimes not a lot of value there. Right. How are you going to convince someone that, like, really doesn't care? Like, for... I'm not going to say lowbrow comedy, but kind of because it's not lowest common denominator. Like it's funny, but like you may not actually catch the comedy. But they alternate; they they go between highbrow and lowbrow comedy. So do, do you have a, like reasons why yeah, the normal is... person should watch this? Well, in much like Jake, are you sold? Um, no, it doesn't sound like you're sold. I'm I'm sold because <laughs> because I I watched a little bit and I trust Joel. But yeah, I think you bring up a good question that. Try try and drive that home. Like why? No, the truth. Why is it accessible is, to the regular person? The truth is, I've shown a lot of people Mystery Science Theater. A lot of people. Some like it more than others, and that's just the truth. Some people, it's just like my wife actually was really annoyed with it for a while because. Which, so your pitch is some people just won't <clears throat> like it, and that's okay. That's fine if you don't like yeah. it. It's comedy, you know. It's subjective. My wife remembers her dad watching it, and she was so annoyed because she wanted to hear what was going on in the movie, and the people in the front kept talking over lines. She was like, no, I want to know what's going on, Yeah, and it bugged her, but she since got over that, and she, she's okay with him now. With you, especially talking yes. over movies. And, and I want to say this. This isn't like you know the annoying person in the movie theater that won't stop talking the whole time because these guys are genuinely funny, and they've timed out when their jokes are going to be so that you get 
the plot. Well, in Manos Hands of Fate, he the, like all the jokes were lined like really well. Like it was like yeah. during silent moments, like in between. So you I mean never the entire opening sequence when they're just driving and driving <laughs> and driving <laughs> and driving. Yeah, there's plenty to say there, right? Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, or it's just funny moments. Like they'll, for example, when there's like this in Manos, which I watched recently. There's this weird sort of cult thing where all these women are are fighting. Yes. And the, it's weird, like a strange <laughs> yeah, cat yeah, fight. Yeah. And, and it these, lasts and the, forever. It lasts forever. And yes. the puppets, right as it, they, it, right as it begins, goes, this might be a great time to take the kids out of the room. Even though <laughs> nothing bad will happen, but it still makes you go, oh, yeah, what is going to happen here? Yes. I mean, and it's are, funny. There are some moments when you're like, where's this movie going to go? But yeah, yeah, I trust them. And when they're driving forever, they're like, oh, I think we're driving in a circle now. Yeah. It's like, and they just, <laughs> they just keep saying, just in case you've forgotten, Manos, Hands of Fate. Because it's just a driving scene. Yeah. Anyway, like Kent did on the Doctor Who episode, I've come up with five reasons why you should watch Mystery Science I want you to really sell this because I don't like, I feel like you need to take a stand and say some people won't like it. Make sure that everyone will like it or they're just ridiculous for not. Well, another thing is I said not a lot of people will like it, but you should give it a shot. And you should watch one of the episodes we recommended because that's when you're going to determine whether you like it or not. And watch it with a group of friends. Watch it when you're in a good mood. Watch it late at night. or Yeah, late at night. Yeah. <laughs> or like on a date. Because yeah. I feel like if there's like, and this is why. Group date, maybe. Yeah, like a group date. When you're in that sort of situation, maybe you have to be a teenager or whatever to kind of laugh nervously. Yes. Like if there's a kind of funny joke, it's almost like church humor. <laughs> and you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Yeah. Like, that's kind of how I felt watching it back in the day. Well, it's like I've said, like, watching horror movies or comedies in the theaters is best because you get that group mentality. Everyone's laughing together. Right. It's the same with Mystery Science Theater. Watch it with a group. You'll have much more fun. So, five reasons why you should watch Mystery Science Theater. Number five. Number five. It's clever comedy. Despite what you may think, it's not lowbrow. Full it's, of jokes. Full of jokes for all different types of people. Whether you're into music, whether you're into sports, whether you're into history, it's it, there's some there's going to be a joke that you're going to be able to relate to and be like I get that I get that because they like to have a variety of jokes. There's there's multiple writers writing on the show. Number four, <laughs> I like that by the way. Yeah, we should do this every time. <laughs> <laughs> when you watch Mystery Science Theater, you're going to see movies you've never seen before and never heard of before, and it's always fun to be in the know. And people are like, well, what what's you know the worst movie? And you're like, oh wait, I got this. All right, and just start listing off all these terrible movies that no one's ever heard of. I thought you were going to say Mystery Science Theater for a yeah, second. No, <laughs> but like, you know, people talk about it. Like, if you, if you go look on IMDb at like the worst movies, mm-hmm. I'm betting 80% of them owe something to Mystery Science Theater because that's they went through a ton of work. Obviously, like you said, they watched like 20 movies to pick the one. Yeah, to pick the, uh. really, the really bad ones. Number three. It's a great group activity, fun for all ages. Because the truth is, you can watch this with a family. There may be some things you have to explain later, but for the most part, everyone's going to enjoy it. And the kids will laugh because they'll think it's silly, and the adults will laugh because they get the humor. It's enjoyable for the for everyone. So this really is family-friendly? For the most part, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should you maybe watch it first, the episode first? Well, but then some, you'll never want to watch it again. Well, Family-friendly, like, this show. <laughs> well, like there's a scene in Mitchell, for example, where they, there's a love scene. And it is one, of the, most, scene. It's one of the most clumsy, horrific... <laughs> love scenes I've ever seen in my life and they leave it in because it's just ridiculous. And there's like a, there's a soundtrack playing over. It's like ma, 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 Mitchell. Dun, 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 dun. And it's just terrible. I think that's, I should play over every scene like that. <laughs> that's one that I probably won't show my kids until later on, okay. but yeah, screen them first, but yeah, you'll find one soon. Number two, 
It's going to make you part of an exclusive and awesome group of fans. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just going to make people friends with you. People Which are gonna I'm, gonna, you I'm part like, of an exclusive awesome I watch the show because of you and you'll be like... Best friends. Yeah, best friends. Yeah. Whereas people, when they said, hey, I watch Doctor Who, I'm like, thank you. No, and that's the thing. You, we mentioned on that show that whenever I find out someone likes Doctor Who, I'm like, we're probably going to get along. Yeah. And it's the same with Mr. Science Theater. When I find out people like Mr. Science Theater, which I actually, during a lot of my college years, I had a Mr. Science Theater little silhouette sticker on the back of Tess. Like, she, not, awesome. not, not in the bumper, That's like in the car. back window. Yeah, You've seen my t shirt, right? Yeah, I should clarify. That's my car. <laughs> 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 little tramp stamp. <laughs> yeah. That would yeah. be a great tattoo. No, I make a tramp stamp of Mr. Snipes Theater. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna get it. But you'd have, to, you'd have to remove the Pinkie Pie tattoo. <laughs> Never. Yeah, yeah, Never. that's not gonna happen. That's what I thought. And the number one. Oh, oh, man. go for it. Number one. This will help you build a tolerance for bad movies. Watching Mr. Science Theater will make watching almost any other movie tolerable. Why would you want that? Because when you have to watch those movies that you don't want to watch, whether your kids pick them or your wife picks oh, them. Oh, you mean it makes it more pleasant, not that you just build a yes. resistance for it or something. I'm saying when after you be, become a Mr. Science Theater fan, when you're watching a bad movie, you're entertaining yourself in your head. Like like, like Kent was doing watching Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Precisely. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I don't think you know great film until you know awful, terrible film. Yes. Stuff that wastes your time. And then you can truly appreciate the great it's true. And, th- and I think, like I said before, I think these inspire you to be filmmakers because you're like, I can make a better movie than that. Yep. And so you, you want to write better. You want to, you know, do camera work better. And you realize, hey, I could make a movie. So it could inspire you to be a filmmaker too. But that's a bonus one. That's number zero. Yeah, exactly. It's season zero. <laughs> All right. So there you go. I, I honestly think that you should watch some of these episodes. Pick the ones you like. The ones on Netflix, actually the 20 they have on Netflix, not including the reboot because I haven't seen that yet. Are good episodes. Almost any one of those you could pick, and you'll you should be able to enjoy it. But just I'd say wait for Manos until like three or four in. Okay, that's the only one they're going to remember. That's going to be the name because it's the one we brought up so many times. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yes. what if the reboot is no good? I am worried about that. Because Do you think it will ruin the legacy of the show? Well, Joel's involved, right? No. So. Well, I mean, I mean, just because Arrested Development season four. What? Oh, by the way, Mr. Science Theater totally in Arrested Development season four. Is they, it really? They make a reference. They show how this movie was like really bad, and they show up by having Joel and, I, and uh, Trace Blue actually came back to reprise their roles, and they're making fun of the, one of the movies. But Were they saying that Arrested Development Season 4 was so bad? No, it was like they were talking about because that. I think it, I think it was the Fantastic Four movie they talked oh, about sure. there, and they riffed it for a bit. But anyway, just because Arrested Development Season 4 wasn't great, I still enjoy watching the first three seasons. And I think even if the revival is bad, I plan on watching it, and, I, and like I said... I'm, they don't all have to tie in with one another. So if I don't like one, it doesn't mean I'm not going to like the next. So I probably will watch all of them. But even if they're not good, I still have years and years and years of Mr. Science Theaters to catch up on. See, I'm really worried that it's going to be just pop culture right now. Like they'll be like, hey, it's Ariana Grande's little sister. Yeah. Like, There's Beyonce. And you're like, I get it. Except for the fact they do some of that on the old shows. Well, yeah, but they also go back like decades. Yes. Like you almost have to kind of be a, a classic film snob to get some of these references. Well, and I've actually proposed, um, because this isn't too far Do from, you accept, Kent? from the tree, but I proposed doing a college, a college, a college course on mystery science theater. Cause you could honestly do a whole class on an episode and break down each joke and talk about why it's funny, where it comes from the reference. You could do a whole college course on that. And it's not without precedent because they do have college courses in various schools of like 
uh, Twin Peaks has a college course. Six Feet Under has a college course. Twilight Zone has a college course. South Park has a college course. I think college Firefly course. does as well. Yeah, Seinfeld, um, Monty Python. Like, there are college courses out there based on TV shows, of course, with a certain, you know, look at them. And I think Mystery Science Theater could be like a time capsule of the jokes of the time and what people were talking about at the time. But anyway. I think you could teach this class. I would you love could. to teach that class. But uh, yeah, uh, any, any university professors out there, <laughs> if you're hiring, I got a course for you. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There's my pitch. I've been speaking a lot on this episode. And for that, I apologize. But it's just because this is something I'm very passionate about because this is a really, you didn't really even cry. I've cried so many times. Thank you for cutting it out. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter, or you can find me at Quick Quits. They perform every Saturday night. By the way, Quick Quits uh, has a game that's based on Mr. Science Theater called Hecklers. It's, it's awesome. Where the actors perform up on stage and they perform a serious scene and the people off stage are making fun of them the whole time. Ah. So it's all based on that. But you can go to qwcomedy.com or the Quick Wits Facebook page. I want to do a little shout out for Greg, who's a great friend of the show on the Podbash yes. Network. He has a, a podcast called So Bad It's Good. Yeah, so big. So big. And they where they watch a terrible movie, it's not quite the same. They'll basically watch the terrible movie for you and come back and do like a 45-minute wrap-up just talking about the worst scenes. Basically what we do for Bacon Bits. Yes. And just laugh about Except not as family-friendly. <laughs> yeah, not as, not as family-friendly, but it's still hilarious. Yes. And it will also introduce you to maybe more modern movies that are just terrible. But if you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my, my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers and go find Bacon Sale on Twitter, just at Bacon Sale. Yes, it is. And you can uh, find Joel on there being all misty. And yes. uh, By the way, Jacob, uh, if you're going to wrap up the show, I want to let you know that hmm. at, oh, at the end of almost every Mystery Science Theater, when Dr. Forrester and Frank were on there, they'd end it by saying, push the button, Frank, and then they push a button and the screen would go black. So I don't get to say, Manos, hands of fate. You can say that. All right. Then say, push the button, Frank. All right, let's get this started, Bob. Yeah, that's actually that was, that's actually one of my favorite. That was bizarre. It's like a party. Yeah, exactly. Wait, that was about you? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Give me my own low budget cable show, and I love reading about myself. And so that was like candy for me. I felt ashamed. Like I know I have friends. You had some special parts to make robot friends. You use parts from the ship, like a lady friend. But I laughed at several times. You lol So, I mean, that's... <laughs> I did. I LOL'd. I would call myself a Misty. Psst. I'm a Joel man. Well, can I just tell you... I'm kind a of... Joel man, too. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate I'm it. I'm a Joel man. I was funeral sitting a house. Beware. <laughs> your house will get robbed. <laughs> Call Joel. <laughs> He'll protect you. That's back when I was attracted to Scarlett Johansson. Is she in there? Yeah. She's pretty young. That sounds weird. Puma Man. I feel like there's a really inappropriate joke there. I just don't there know what it is. is. I love Puma Man. Human. Human. Are we human or are we dancer? That's the real question. <laughs> so how old was young Scarlett Johansson in the Satellite of Love? <laughs> this might be a great time to take the kids out of the room. Yeah. So you have to remove the Pinkie Pie tattoo. <laughs> Never. <laughs> my, 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 Mitchell. Dun, 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 dun. Watch out for snakes.